Today, I'm joined by Dan Palio, Alex Burns of Rotobuller. Uh, we're going to go through a recent staff draft that we did. We're going to break down our teams, break down our picks. This is Balls Deep. Welcome to the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International at AdamKing91 on Twitter is where you can find me, fbibasketball.com is our website. Head over there, check out all of our content. Matt Lawson has a ton of stuff coming out at the moment. Uh, we're launching all our new shows. Everything's there. Discord, jump in. We've got well over 3,000 people in the in the community now with a ton of leagues running, um, well over 100 Maybe we're close to 200. I don't know. As I said today, I've got uh, Alex Burns, Dan Palio from Roto Baller uh, coming on the show. We did a Roto Baller staff draft about a week ago. I think we wrapped up. It, it was a slow draft, um, although it moved quite quickly uh, when compared to some other slow drafts that I've done. Um, so I'm going to bring them in now. Gentlemen, how are we both? What's up? Good. What's up, Adam? I'm so pumped every time I hear that intro. You have the best yeah, yeah. intros in the Fantasy Hoops game. You do, so man. Right now. <laughs> yeah, but B-Dub does all of that, so I'll, I'll let him know that you both enjoyed it. I often see whoever I've got on the show in the background just bopping along to the, the intro, so he does a good job putting all of that together. Um, as I said, both of you are at Rotoballer. Uh, I recently came on board with you guys just as a – a content, a contributor, um, won't be doing a ton of stuff, but be doing some written work and, and long-term maybe we we do a pod. Uh, who knows what's going to happen in 12 months, but excited to be there uh, working alongside both of you as well as everyone else, and, and that's why I was part of this staff draft, which was exciting to do. Um, so is this something that happens most, most, year or most seasons or has happened in the past? I mean, yeah, I think we've had it. I mean, this is my fourth one of my fourth years of baller. I'm sure it's been going on longer than that. But Alex, this is your third year, or or, or yeah, third third season. Yeah, third, third season. season. And I will say it. Just a shameless plug. I did <laughs> win the championship two years ago in this in yeah, this league. Did. So you did. I just want to let everybody know that before we dive into this, so you guys can just just take my picks with an extra grain of salt. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you guys were picking consecutively, I believe, um, yep. six, seven, so right in the middle, uh, which some people like, some people don't. What What are your thoughts on like, where you pick in the draft? Do you have a favourite spot? Are you happy being right in the middle, or would you prefer to be on either end? I'll let Burns go. Go ahead. Yeah, so this year and, and even last year too, I think we all agree, picking in the middle in the first round is is not fun. Um, the, the options, elite options, I should say, outside of Jokic, Tyrese Halliburton, Joel Embiid, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, guys like that. If you don't get a first, you know, picking the first four picks, uh, I don't, I don't like the mid. So I'm either top four, or I like to be at the back end where I can get, you know, two picks consecutively, something like that. And if I am in the middle, 
I'd say mid to end. Uh, I've really been going a lot of Giannis onto the Kupo and just punting free throws. Uh, that's like my only option if I get stuck with a mid round pick. So, yeah, and that's what I did. We'll talk about that at some point. But um, I'm with, I'm the same the same boat. I, I like being t- pretty much towards the back end. I think eight nine is pretty sweet because you can just see who falls to you there, um, and then you're not you're not all the way picking on the, you know, on the turn. Um, so I think eight nine even ten is not that bad to be this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, you got you got to pick where you got to pick, and at some point, you know, it's outside of your control. So. Uh, you just got yeah. to make the best of it, you know. That's right, and and when I mean I don't know how many drafts leagues you guys are in, but I'm in enough that I usually get to pick from all spots. So so you can have a favorite, but you do get good. Pre- That's why it's good to do mocks and um, draft only leagues. Just get a feel for for different spots in the draft, so that when your big cash leagues, when it is time to draft, um, you are prepared. Let me bring up. The screen here. So we'll start with your team, Dan. Speaking of taking Giannis and punting free throws, um, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to have a look at this team and and see that you're probably punting free throws. Oh yeah, uh, given, oh, definitely. Given you've got one, two, three, like four or five obvious punt free throw guys. Yeah. Um. So you were at pick six, so right in the middle there. You went with with Giannis. Uh, I was at pick 11. We'll have a look at my team after we've looked at both of your teams. Um, so taking Giannis, is, is that a predetermined kind of thing? Like coming into the draft, is that who you had your eye on or do you think that he fell to you? What, what, were, you, what were you thinking there with your first pick? Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> when you're doing any kind of staff leagues or I guess as it wasn't, that's why I wouldn't call it a full-on industry league. You know, we've been a bunch of those as well where, you know, you know the guys are going to take their guys early and that a lot of times you have to just adjust and to who's there. Um, I was actually hoping maybe someone like Alberton or, you know, GA would fall to six, but it didn't happen. And then when it when I was looking at my options there and I was I was just like, you know what, I haven't, I haven't rostered Giannis in a couple of years now be honest with you i haven't had him on my team i was like let's just do it let's have some fun with it the staff league it's not huge high stakes uh we don't play for a ton of money um it's really more about you know bragging rights and having fun with it so i'm like here's Giannis sitting there let's go for it and let's just let's just have some fun with the punt free throw build so yep um second pick second round pick this is probably one that that warrants a little bit of discussion uh mm-hmm. victor Wembanyama at pick 19 so i think even even the the highest optimist or, or those that are particularly um, attached to Wembenyama this season, taking him at nineteen is high. It uh, is. Is this? I mean, you you did mention like this. This wasn't a, a, a huge money league. It's about bragging rights. It's about having fun and getting your guys. Was that why you went with Wemby? I mean, he wasn't going to come back to you. Obviously, you were at pick. Thir- your next pick was pick thirty. Yeah. Um, chances are he wouldn't be available there um so is this just a matter of you want him you have to take him yeah well well, i was looking again i'm looking at the options i have and i'm thinking what do i do with as far as someone that could build on uh jonas's skill set and i thought he's i know he wasn't going to be there when he come back around now you know in in smaller leagues maybe 10 team leagues and stuff he's you might be able to get him in the third round um i know all of us probably have him ranked definitely down in the 30s um 
But I just basically was like, who better to pair with Giannis than baby Giannis? Like he's like the same, he's the same kind of player, right? Same kind of skill set. Maybe we don't know what kind of passer he's going to be. Uh, we obviously don't know, you know, entirely what kind of how he's going to do scoring the basketball, but he's gonna he's gonna contribute in most of the same stack categories. Um, and I don't we don't know what his free throw percentage is gonna be like, but I know he I tried to look up some of his numbers from his um his games and he's he's not like what is he like low seven like low seven hundreds. He's not like probably gonna kill you but with the volume that Jonas does, but he fits the mold. And so I was like, just just have fun with it. Let's just build, you know. Back to back freaks there. Both guys can like just do a little bit of everything, and then uh, from there we'll we'll talk about how I tried to attack, you know, assists with with another guy who can do a little bit of everything with LeBron, and uh, I don't know, just a real unique build. I was trying to go after these guys huh. who who are multi cat guys who, when you punt free throw percentage, to jump up a bunch of spots. Um, you know, Giannis jumps up, LeBron jumps up. We'll talk about Zion here in a minute. I'm sure jumps up yep. quite a bit. Yeah, so LeBron at 30, I mean, that feels pretty safe. Um, per game, he's going to beat that. Totals, we're not sure. Uh, I do feel like the Lakers are built a lot better than they were last season, so they'll be able to sort of – I mean, they won't they won't put him in cotton wool or anything like that, but they will be able to manage him a bit better. He'll, he'll miss a few games here and there, but the idea is that he's healthy come April uh, and May, so – and I, I feel like this is slowly transitioning to be Anthony Davis's team. Um, he'll be the main guy. So LeBron at 30, really safe pick. You went with Chet uh, in the fourth round, who I love this season. Um, pairing Victor and Chet together is is a really fun build. And, yeah, and then you fun. back that up with Zion. So, I mean, talk about that Chet-Zion back-to-back pick. So basically, I really wanted Chet. I think I was right ahead of Burns. I didn't know if Burns was going to take him or not, but I was right in front of Burns. Or no, Probably I was going. Was. Yeah, and I know you're high on him. Um, and I think you know, but he's just—it's all upside at this point. You have pretty safe Jonathan Lebron. You have Le- uh, Victor upside. Now I'm just attacking upside in these next couple rounds, and it's Chet. Who has more upside than Chet? I mean, in terms of you know field goal percentage. Because if you think about what we're targeting now, now that we're punting free throw percentage, we're going after field goal percentage, rebounds, blocks, some steals, right? Um, yeah. And like, I think he, I think Chet's going to be. I don't know. I don't want to overstate it, but I think he's a pretty safe like 17, 18, and nine, ten kind of guy. Like maybe could push two blocks a game. Like I don't know what you guys haven't projected for, but I mean, if things go right, he could be. He could just smash that ADP. Yeah, I, I, that's probably where I've got it. It wouldn't surprise me if if Chet beats Vector this season. Um, right. In term, well, it won't come come March, April when we're looking back at our rankings, especially totals. I think Chet is probably in line to play a little bit more. Yeah, uh, per game, maybe not. Um, I mean, we've seen both have looked really good in the preseason, but um, no, I, I, I love Chet. You do too, obviously, Alex. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on Chet. I think I have him at 34 in my ranking. So um, if the fact that Dan was able to get him with pick 43, I think that's great value. And I, I agree with, with everything Dan said. I think 18, 19 points a night, couple of blocks, good field goal percentages. He'll also chip in some threes every now yeah. and then. I, I think Chet has a real shot at actually being rookie of the year over Victor Webber mm-hmm. Gallup this season, which I don't think really should surprise people. Um and we saw their first preseason game 
when they went against one another, like it was pretty equal. I mean, many would say Chet had a better showing. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm high on Chet as well. Yeah, I mean, I think Victor will probably end up having more highlights or more um, moments that people take note of. But all, Chet has a better team around him, so he, he's not going to have that opportunity to to just be number one because they have Shea, they have Josh Giddy. Um, so yeah, Jalen Williams, he's obviously established himself as a really good player. So it's Victor's team. Um, outside of Devin Vassell, there really isn't anyone that's going to demand the ball. So well, Kelvin Johnson might try to demand it, but he. I don't think he gets it. Um, Zion at 54, I think he, that's about right. That's about where I just did a show with Alex Reclean and we were talking about Zion and and that feels about right. Around pick 50 is where people are going and he could end up being a, a value at that range. He could be top 30 or he could right. be could be like last season where you've basically blown your fifth pick on someone who spends the season on your IR. Are you confident this season that he can stay healthy? No, not no. at all. <laughs> uh, I mean, he hasn't done it yet. I really want him to because he is exciting. He is good for basketball. He is good for the NBA. He is a fun player. Um, he brings a lot of personality. You know, I, I really do enjoy watching him play. Um, he's got, like, come to that it factor. You know, he's just, like, that dude. But statistically, like, he fits really nicely. Like, he's like a little mini LeBron out there as far as points, rebounds, assists. He's a sneaky assist guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Four close, maybe push four, four and a half assists. And then, you know, anything on defensively um, is kind of, you know, a, a little extra there. I know he's not a th- big three point threat yet, but we're right now, we're just stacking, like the early rounds, I'm just stacking, um, you know, counting stats with good, per- with good field goal percentage. And then you'll see later in the, with the guards and stuff, we're going to go after some guard stats. But, you know, I just went heavy. I just went after kind of hard first five guys there. Yeah, we, we would, I was actually I had a haircut this morning. I was my barber is is a big NBA guy, so we were chatting about the Pelicans and um, my it's not a concern necessarily, but one takeaway from the preseason and, and watching them is their lack of a true point guard. They have CJ McCollum probably playing the point, but he's not a point guard. No. Ingram can handle the ball a bit. Zion can they can run the offense through Zion. Um, but to me, just on offense, they look a little bit clunky and and not not really sure. There's not a lot of flow. So I think the more they can run it through Zion, the better. Um, yeah. So so I think as you said, that there's upside there for him to be five assists per night. Uh, you went we with Yaku. Well, I was gonna say yeah. we saw two years ago. We saw Point Zion a little bit too. Mm-hmm. I know it was. I'm not sure. If, I believe it was the same coaching staff, uh, Willie Moore, um, that was that's there right now, but. That was even exciting for a couple of games when he was healthy and he kind of ran the show and, mm. you know, was dishing out assists and, and set yeah. up the offense. Yeah. So I, that's that's the true point. I, I think that's a, a, a fair point that we should consider about New Orleans this season. Mm. You went uh, in the other direction then. Uh, so pick 67, Jakob Pertl, really safe around that range. Um, I, think he, I think his floor is probably top 60. Um, given last season he finished around 70, 75 or something from memory. But it was a bad year. He he, he didn't play well in San Antonio. He wasn't engaged. It wasn't yeah. until he got to Toronto that he started to play well and he was being utilised. So if he can put up a top 70, top 75 season last year, I think this year on a team where they need him and they're going to use him, 
I think this is a really, really safe pick. Um, he doesn't have that upside of Zion and Chet no. to get inside the top 30, but it's hard to see him falling lower than this. Is that what you were sort of thinking here, just, just going safe? Yeah, at this point, you know, he also just fits the mold with punt free throw. And yep. um, I, I'm hoping that they give him 30 minutes. Like, he's such a per- excellent permanent guy. Like, you see what he did last year. Like, he was only playing like 27 minutes a night. For some reason, they kept, they would bench him at, for long stretches and they would play Saikam at the five and or Siakam at the five. And um, I'm hoping this year with the new coaching staff, they let him. And, and they, they've talked about playing through him a little bit on offense, too. He's actually a pretty gifted passer. Um, he can get up over three, mm-hmm. three, three and a half yeah. assists. And I think he can. he's a really good, solid, uh, all-around player. Like you said, not a huge um, ceiling, but I think his floor is pretty safe. And, um, again, just kind of fits the mold with the first five guys here, and then we'll get into the guards here in a minute. Not, I don't have too many guards. No, you don't. If, if there's one takeaway from the, those first six picks, you don't really have – a point guard or a shooting guard. I guess a few of them might might play as the point guard, but um, so you've then got Markel Fultz. I I mean, I'd have to look at my team and what picks I had, but I'm pretty sure I would have taken Fultz if you hadn't taken him here. I knew you uh, liked I, him, yeah. Yeah, so I, I love him around this range. Um, he he's going around 80, 85, sometimes ninety, and I think he can. I think he can be top fifty if if things fall the right way and. And Orlando do give him significant minutes. Um, yeah. Obviously, you you needed a point guard here. So, um, any reason in particular that you went with Fultz over over others that were available? Uh, field goal percentage, right? He's like, yep. what did he, sh- he shot fifty two percent last year, something like that. Yeah. I mean, when I when I build big man teams like this, I want guards who who will not hurt field goal percentage. And plus, I think he's like half a block a game too. Like he's a sneaky blocks guy for a guard. So he fits with big man's, and he can rebound a little bit. So he fits with big man stats. He's not a three point shooter, which was, which I'm, I wouldn't say I'm punting threes entirely, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be super competitive in threes with this yeah. team right now. So he just fits. He fits. I'm in head to head. I'm trying to win five categories every week, and I feel like I have a really good, you know, shot at field goal percentage, points, rebounds, uh, assists, and blocks with this with this build. Uh, and yeah, if you look at a couple of your other guards here, Derek White, who you took next, and then DeAnthony Melton, who somehow fell to you at 139. I know, um, right? Both fit this build perfectly. Uh, it's the complete opposite to my build when we get to my team. Um, yeah, you're gonna. We won't be. We won't be competing in many categories at all. Uh, Derek White. Now, we was this draft done before the Drew Holiday trade? No, it was after. Remember. It was, was after. after. Yep. Okay, so so still happy with Derek White at 90. I know some people are a bit worried. Uh, I didn't bump him down too much because he's not a high-usage player anyway. Um, he gets his value from the from those blocks, steals, rebounds, um, yeah. doesn't Good score. Percentage. So, right. Yeah, so, so fits this build. So still comfortable with him at 90? Yeah, I think so. Like we talked about pre-show, like the Celtics, are, they're not super deep, and so they're going to have to, um, you know, rotate. Uh, Derek White and Drew Holiday, and have have one of those guys out there like all the time um, uh, with Peyton Pritchard ro- rotating through too. So I think he's yeah. still going to whether he starts or comes off the bench or whatever, he's still going to be playing 28, 30 minutes a night. Like you said, he doesn't need the he doesn't need the ball. He's just going to be he's just going to knock down some open threes. He's going to rebound. He's going to hustle. You know, he's that guy that's going to get a bunch of hustle stats, defensive stats, 
Uh, I just think he's real safe there too. Uh, Keegan Murray, you took at 102, probably a guy that we haven't really heard much about this this offseason. Um, he was probably disappointing. I think if you spoke to, to anyone regarding his performance during his rookie season, he was probably underwhelming. Hit a lot of threes, we know that, but didn't do much else. Um, are you looking for some sort of a, uh, not a breakout as such, I wouldn't say a top 100 guy is a breakout, but looking for him to take on a bigger role this season? I think so. I am, yeah. Absolutely. I, I um, tweeted out today after his game last night. I don't know if you guys saw it. He, he was second on the team in shot attempts. Yeah. Eight, 18 shot attempts. He had 22 points. He's right behind Fox. Now, I don't think that's going to be every night, but I think it's encouraging. I mean, what what motivation does Sacramento have to continue to let him be fourth or fifth option? Like, mm. Harrison Barnes should be the guy who's just the veteran glue guy. He should be the last option. Get Keegan Murray the ball. Let him shoot the ball. Get him. A, he doesn't need a huge jump. He was around what twelve and five last year, right? A couple three, two and a half threes, twelve and five. If he can even take a jump up to, um, you know, fourteen and six, right, with those same good percentages and and three two and a half threes a night, I think that's that's all you really want in that range, right? You want a guy that's going to be, he's reliable. He's going to be points, rebounds, threes, and good percentages. Uh, Mitch Robinson at 115. I I don't think you're losing blocks many weeks. Um, <laughs> you've got. I mean, Giannis isn't a big shot blocker anymore, but he'll get you one a game. Uh, Wembenyama, yeah. Chet, Jakob Pertl, <laughs> Derek White, Mitch Robinson. Um, so I think you're probably winning blocks every week. Uh, he he feels pretty safe here as well. 115. Um, not. I'm not too worried about his minutes. Uh, obviously, they've got. Um, what the, I can't even think of who's there. Uh, uh, Hartenstein, um, yeah. who who is a capable backup, but I still think Mitch Robinson is is the guy they need out there for defensive purposes. So he feels pretty safe. Uh, yep. Kevin Herder, there was there's sort of I haven't heard anything in the last day or two, but there's there's word that he might come off the bench and they're going to start Chris Duarte. Um, does that? impact this selection i mean he still feels pretty safe at 125 126 yeah it was basically i was looking for for shooting guards at that point and he's a guy who he's a he's a really good three-point shooter obviously who won't again we're looking at guards who won't kill your field goal percentage right yeah so um you know if he comes off the bench that's fine it's probably gonna be more it might be even better for him as far as usage goes um maybe they're trying to spread that spread him out get him um staggered from those other guys uh, because yeah. he's be- he's a better ball player than Chris Duarte. I'm sorry about that. I, I, that's pretty obvious <laughs> to me. But yeah, no f- no offense to all the Duarte stands out there. But like, yeah, the red what do they call him? The red rocket? The red yeah. asset? So he's this, he looks like he's like what 15 years old still, but he can he can play, man. I like Kevin Herter. He da- he was good last year for them. Um, and yeah, I, I do think if he's coming off the bench, it, it's because they need he, they need some scoring. They need someone right. who can handle the ball a bit. Um, in that second unit. So it makes sense. Um, D'Anthony Melton, I sort of touched on him earlier, but at 139, this this could be the best pick of your of your draft, um, just in terms of potential upside, because if and when James Harden is yeah. no longer in Philly, in Philly which it, it, it is trending that way, um, I mean, we've, we've seen what he can do in the preseason. He's been really good. He could be top 70 quite comfortably um and and again fits your build um he, yeah. 
he gives you those big man stats. He's relatively efficient. Um, and then you finish off with a Vitsa Zubat. So let's just grab another centre for fun, I suppose, at this point and <laughs> ensure up those rebounds and field goal percentage. Yeah. And, you know, it was one of those things where we only have, you know, three bench spots. I wish we had one more spot. So we would go a little deeper here. But, um, yeah, it was like at the end of the draft. I'm like, why not? You have another big man, block some shots. And at some point we may have to make a trade here or maybe <laughs> maybe maybe say goodbye to someone just to get a little bit of guard depth. But hey, you only have to start what one point guard, one shooting guard, one one um yep. regular guard. And then in our league you play two centers and two utilities. So like we're gonna play big men and um, we're gonna be hard to beat in the big men stats. And as you said, yeah, this is a two center league. So um you'll see when we get to my my team that uh, I was the opposite to you. I was sort of clamoring for centers towards the back end of the draft, whereas you were looking for guards. Um, so, no, look, I, I like this build. Um, let's move on to Alex's team, which is a little bit a little bit more balanced, I'd say. Um, you, you've got some guards early or, or at least some players that will handle the ball a bit more. Uh, still still pretty good with your blocks and rebounds. So you started with Tatum at seven. Uh, as I said, you were picking after Dan. Would you have gone Giannis here if he was available or, or are you seeing Tatum at seven as a win? 100% would have went Giannis. And that is, that is what happens when you pick directly after Thunder Dan. I knew that was going to happen from the get-go. Um, but I love Tatum this year, and I actually have him six in my rankings. Uh, Tatum was the guy that I got two years ago when I was when I won this league, so it's a little bit of, of good omen I'm trying to bring mm-hmm. over to it, I think. But I really like Jason Tatum's game. I think he's going to take another step forward this year. Um, I love that he got to the free throw line a little bit more last year. That helped him score some more points. So at this point in the draft, you know, picking in the mid to late of the first round, I'm always open to just seeing how players will fall to me. And then if, you know, if Giannis falls to me at, at the end of the first round, then I might switch into like a punt, you know, free throw percentage build. Um, that obviously didn't happen this time, but I'm more than happy taking Tatum at seven here. Yeah, I, th- I think he's great at seven. Um, I could probably make a case for taking Tatum at like four just because of mm-hmm. durability yeah. and and he's across the board production. Yeah. Um, I if I was at pick four, I probably wouldn't take him. I'd go with a Halliburton or or a Shea just because of the, I don't know, the highlight moments and stuff. But I think Tatum feels really safe in this range once the season is done. Kevin Durant at 18, that feels about right. His ADP has him inside that first round at like 11 or 12, and that's too high for me given injuries and management, all that sort of stuff. But getting him at 18, I think there's some really nice value uh, here. What what were you you were thinking here? Is it, were you, did you see this as a situation where he fell and, and you just had to take him? Absolutely. And I think I, we even made a joke in like the draft room or something when, when Durant was fallen. And uh, I, I couldn't believe he made it back to me for my second pick. So this was just my first couple of picks here, just, just kind of watching guys fall a little bit and just taking advantage of value as it comes. So uh, everything you just alluded to fully on board with, it's a little bit of a risk, just the injury, the age playing alongside two great scorers now um, and Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. So um, 
at risk, but I think at 18, I think that feels a lot better than taking them, you know, mid to end of the first round. Uh, so I, you will, I just, I'll just jump yeah. in here and say, I, yeah, yeah. I was, I was floored to see Burns get Tatum Durant uh, where he was drafting. Cause like, <laughs> it's, it might sound boring. Like you're saying, it's like, I've done as exciting as other guys, but like, those are two dudes for nine cat. Like you're just like, you're not punting anything right out of the gate with the first two guys. Like you're in great shape right there. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, we could get, we could get to February and both of these guys could be top five. It, it's certainly possible if, if Durant can stay healthy and, and Tatum continues on his trajectory that we've seen the last few years, the Celtics are, are fully invested. Their window to win is now. So he's going to be doing everything he can. Uh, so I was picking at 11, so I was four picks after you. So I'm counting Cade Cunningham as a snipe because I would have taken him <laughs> and, and I, I like to have him on as many teams as possible. Um, around pick 30 is where you have to take him. Uh, he he's, could go sort of either way. Like he, he could beat this. He could finish top 20, top 25. He could slide a bit and finish outside the top 50, but the upside is... Um, it's just tasty. You have to take him. You're, you were comfortable, obviously, taking him at 31. Yeah, and this is another example of, of a guy falling to me where I, I didn't think he would be there at pick 31. Um, and, and like you said, he has legitimate top 15 upside. He could put up 25 points, five rebounds, six, seven assists a game. Um, it's a little iffy on his efficiency. I felt a little bit more comfortable taking him, knowing Durant will score pretty efficiently, Tatum will score pretty efficiently. So, you know, I felt I could take on a Cade Cunningham in case his, his efficiency dips a little bit uh, this season. Cause what we did see from him last year wasn't great. So um, I do think there is a small risk with taking him, especially inside, you know, the top 35, but again, it's very hard to pass up this kind of upside in the third round. Yeah, it is. And and as a, and you have to take him here. This is where he's going. So he he wouldn't have, well, I I just said I would have taken him, but there's no way he he gets back to you in the, in the forties. You went in a little bit in a different direction then with your next pick, Kawhi Leonard, uh, but a guy that could be first round. Uh, He was last year down the stretch. Um, It's really that injury concern, which it always is with, with Kawhi, but I think getting a guy with with top ten upside at pick forty two is is it's just worth the risk. It's something you've got to do. Yeah, that felt a little puzzling to me as well. And you'll see, like the trend of my first couple of picks here. Uh, really, I, I kind of went in, like I said, to do like a punt free throw, thinking Giannis is going to fall to me at pick seven, going to go that direction, and then I find all these guys dropping. So I was like, I'm just going to collect value as much as I can. And, and so Leonard here at forty two. I was very iffy on pairing him with Durant. I know there's yeah. like both of those guys, injury risk, age, a little bit of that stuff. But again, at 42, I mean, that just seemed crazy for Kawhi Leonard and uh, compared to what his upside is. And by all accounts, he looks great in preseason. I know that doesn't mean anything, um, you know, for his long-term health of the season, but there was even something that came out the other day um, about how, you know, when he sits out all these games, and all, it's not because he, he wants to. I know that the narrative around Kawhi Leonard has been, mm. oh, load management. You know, he wants to rest and take nights off. And maybe there's a little bit of that's true, but uh, it was encouraging to hear him kind of stand up and say, hey, you know, I, I want to play. If my body is able to play, I'm out there. Um, so I'm just taking that with, with a grain of salt and uh, 
trying to trying to make it as positive news for for putting him and Durant on my team. But yeah, at forty two, I'll do that every day of the week. And and look, I mean, this as you said, there are points in the draft where you just have to simply take best player available yeah. and, and side. And it, so it might be that you you draft Kawhi, he's healthy, he's putting up top 10 value for the first month, you can then trade him away and get yep. someone that fits your build. You might find that you, you need some certain certain categories. And he's a perfect example of someone that you could trade away and get uh, get value back. Uh, Josh Giddy at 55, another guy I'm pretty high on this season. Uh, his ADP is around this area. Are, are you confident he can beat this? I think that's my concern is I'm not sure... I'm okay to get him here around the 50 or 60 mark, but do you see a path to him being a top 40, top 35 player? Maybe. And I, I could say this is probably the, the first pick where I really felt like I reached a little bit. Yeah. Um, I have him early 60s in my rankings, super high on him. I think he's a fantastic player. He's going to get you production in, in multiple categories. Um, my thing with him is is really just the Oklahoma City team. I don't really know what to make of their usage this season because we saw, you know, Shea Gilgis, obvious leader in usage last year. Jalen Williams came came on the scene. Josh Giddy had a pretty solid year. Well, adding Chet, Shea Gilgis Alexander is not losing usage to Chet. I would probably say Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams are the two people that will probably use lose the most usage on the team or in the starting lineup. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do if he has a little the ball in his hands a little bit less. Does that mean a you know? one, one and a half less assists a game. Is Chet now down there? I know Oklahoma City was one of the worst rebounding teams in the league last season. Does Chet take a rebound or two away from him on a per-game average? It's quite possible. Um, I'm high on the player. I think he'll be a consistent guy in, in multiple categories, but I do feel like I reached a little bit. I don't remember who was on the board at this point, um, but I think just going for a guy that can, can give production in multiple categories is probably where my mind was at. Um, yeah, looking at my first four picks. <laughs> and and Dan, I mean, what are your thoughts on Giddy this season? Are you do you think see this as a bit of a reach? I I think you uh, worded it well when you were said he's he's probably safe here, but I don't know he that he can beat this or mm. per, perform outperform this too much. Um, it's nice to have a guy that's just a multi cat guy though. Like he's a he's going to get five rebounds at least. He's going to have five assists at least. He may not exceed that but he's going to be solid for that he's durable um you know he he fits that that mold pretty nicely he he's not a huge three-point guy right he's not a huge defensive stats guy but at some point you do have to just kind of stack up counting stats too so um you know he's he's fine just kind of i'm just kind of okay with it but i think you guys both already said that he's not he wasn't like uh you know you would kind of already got some big you know big studs at the top of your draft like he's just kind of a nice piece here for where he was at yeah i think he's a complimentary piece so yeah. he adds to what you've got already uh, we keep a pretty close eye on him here in australia because he's obviously yeah. our future. um and if you, if you look at his numbers that the over the his, his first couple of years his trajectory is good he's mm -hmm. he's improved his percentages his three-point shot looks a lot better mm. um he just looks so he, he almost looks when he's got the ball in his hands. He almost looks Luca-ish in terms of the speed that he plays at. He, he can play at his own speed, and and look like Kyle Anderson. These guys that just look—you you watch them and you wonder how they get to the basket. How do they score? Yeah. 
they look a step slower, but it's like they're able to slow the game down. And and he does look a little bit like that, where he can he can slow it down and run at his speed. So, um, yeah, I, I like it there at fifty five. Rudy Gobert on the someone on the opposite end of, of their career and, and trajectory. Um, he was pretty rough last season, despite Carl Anthony Towns not playing for for a chunk. Um, is he someone you would view as a potential bounce back this season, or do you think he's sort of done in terms of being close to two blocks a game? Is he is he just now eleven rebounds, maybe one and a half blocks, and not much else? I don't think so. I'm I'm fully on the Gobert train at his current ADP this offseason. I know he's a goof, and you could say a lot about him off the floor. I I think he's one of my favorite players in fantasy this year where I've been able to get him. I think it was, like you alluded to, down year, like 11 rebounds. I think he had 1.7 blocks, his lowest numbers since 2018. But really the fit, he didn't fit well with Cat. And then when Cat was out, he didn't fit well with Nas Reed. And then Nas Reed didn't fit well with Cat when they were, it was just a, a clunky front court in Minnesota. And I think at this ADP, I'm willing to give it another shot and believe that he can bounce back to that, you know, hover right around the two blocks, 12, 13 rebounds a game kind of numbers. Um, we saw videos of him in preseason. I don't know how much stock we should take on on this, but I mean, they're feeding him in the post. He's backing down people and just baptizing them at the rim. There's been videos of, of him working on a little bit of a, a jump shot. I don't think he's going to take any threes or provide any value this season from beyond the arc. But I just – the vibe coming from Gobert and just kind of the noise around him in his camp, it just seems positive. And I think he's ready and locked in to have a bounce-back season. So that's that's what I'm aiming for here at, at pick 66. Um, I mean, if if he had a Gobert-ish season last year, he probably would have went in the 40s or maybe even late 30s, uh, you know, similar to, to previous seasons. So 66, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. I will yeah. agree with I, I will agree with them on this. I don't think we have a big enough sample size of him and Cat playing mm. together to really know how that's going to flesh out. Plus, we the, you know Minnesota shook things up middle of the year. They got rid of D'Angelo Russell. Right, brought in Mike Conley, um, and so like you know, it, it's kind of slowly becoming Anthony Edwards' team, as we know. And um, you know, maybe maybe it's worth another shot. Maybe this team uh, competes and and they stays healthy. And you know, he he does have a nice bounce. I mean, he he's also super safe there too. Like at, in the sixties, yeah. like even if he gives you a floor of where he was last year or similar, like he's certainly not hurting you anywhere. Um, other obviously, obviously, you know, the threes and stuff. He's not gonna. He's not hurting you anywhere. He's a good field goal percentage guy. Um, and so I, I, I'm fine with that, definitely. I like where you I mean, got if him. He, yeah, if he, if he swats, you know, let's just say conservatively 2.2 blocks a game, um, which wouldn't surprise anybody, and can grab 11.5 to, you know, 12.5 rebounds a game, that would launch him up the rankings quite considerably. So mm. I think that's all within reason. And, you know, getting him here yeah. is, is fine with me. And I think it's – obviously recency bias that all that sort of stuff it, with him people saw him last season as a, a massive failure it was terrible but that's because he was being drafted at pick 30 pick 35 right. um, yep. which which probably was a fraction high anyway given he was in a new team and, and playing alongside town so getting him now um three rounds later even up to four rounds later in some drafts now there's some value, and and I think as Dan said there, the addition of Mike Conley, you can't overlook that 
because they have history. They played together in Utah. I think that's a much better fit than D'Angelo Russell. So, um, yeah, I, I do think. And, and they're again, they're a team that wants to win now. Uh, they And when you look at their season as a whole, you'd probably go, oh, it was a disappointing year. We underachieved. But they made the playoffs. Um, they competed against Denver. They, they looked okay. So I think they want to win. So they're, they're going to be – they have no choice but to push hard on this Cat-Gobert pairing. Um, they, yeah. they can't backtrack on it. So he's going to get every opportunity. Yeah. Cat might even be traded, you know, before the end of the season too. So yep. don't want to speculate, but, but who knows? Uh, Tyus Jones, you went with at 79 – Bit of a bit of an upside sort of pick here, like someone who's in a, a role he, he's going to be starting in, in Washington, a role that he's never had for more than two weeks at a time. Um, pro- maybe a little bit like Giddy, like I don't know how much higher he can get than this, probably top 70, but pretty safe. He's going to get, uh, he'll get some assists, he'll get some steals. He's relatively efficient uh, or has been throughout his career. He's, he's probably going to, Maybe his efficiency falls a little bit this year because he's going to have a more responsibility on the offensive end. But uh, what are you hoping for from him this season at, at pick 79? Yeah, I mean, Tyus is, is one of my guys this season. Dan, who, you know, you read a ton of DFS content. You can allude. He's like a free space over the last couple of years. Every time John Morant would, would miss a game, he was just – you knew you were getting really solid production across the board. Uh, and he, I think he deserves a starting spot, and it's it'll be interesting to see how he can play around Jordan Poole. We saw him, you know, light up Madison Square Garden last night for 41 points. He's obviously going to get a ton of shots, but I think Washington, it's just it's just a they're a bad team. They're not playing for anything. They're entering a rebuild. I think they're going to give their guys a lot of minutes, let them play. DeLon Wright is behind him in the pecking order at point guard. I, I think he'll get minutes here and there, but I, I think this is Tyus Jones is. is team to run as, as the point. So yeah. I'm hoping if he can give me 15, close to 15 points a game, seven assists a game, you know, three and a half rebounds, a steal. I think that's, that's on, you know, on solid efficiency. That's all I'm really asking for, for him. I'm not expecting him to, you know, to, to put up 20 points, 10 assists, anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Just, he's, listen, he's not going to put up 20 points because Jordan Poole is going to shoot the ball every time <laughs> yeah. down the floor. Um, I, but that's why he compliments Poole Wells. He's not a yes. high usage player. He's a pass-first point guard. He's what they needed around pool. Um, so maybe 15 points is even a lie. About 14 and 7 with good percentages and a steal. Yeah. A steal, 1.2 steals. He's great. I've been drafting him here right right around the same spot that Alex did in, in a lot of drafts. Like he's just a nice, safe, late-round pick. Uh, so Mark Williams at 90. Um which feels about right for him as well. This is sort of where he's going. doesn't feel like a reach at all. Um, any of these guys like a Mark Williams or Gobert to some degree, but um, Dan Gafford, these guys that could get two blocks a game, and, and there's quite a few of them this season, two blocks alone puts you inside the top 80 pretty much. So um, I don't think there's a lot of risk here. His, his minutes are there. There's no Mason Plumley to take stupidly take minutes off him, so I think he's locked in for 30 minutes. Um, feels feels safe. Um, is there much to talk about with him there? Uh, as I said, I, I just think that, that that's where you get him. That's where you take him. 
Yeah, two center lineup. You know, I'm happy starting him and Gobert. And, and again, playing alongside Lamella Ball, you're going to get a, a ton of lobs, a ton of easy looks. He's a great passer. Um, so I'm I'm fine with with Mark Williams here. And yeah, I mean, I, I think two of my centers can can flirt with two blocks a game. Like I'm I'm not going to ask for more than that. Yep, I'd argue with three if you if you look at Rob Williams. Um, maybe if he oh, gets yeah. enough minutes, he could get two blocks a game. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. You took it 103, which I think feels like really nice value. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, um, he's going to get you sort of 17 points, seven rebounds. He'll hit a lot of threes. He's good from the free throw line. Uh, doesn't get a lot on the defensive end, but as we just alluded to, you've got a few guys that are going to fuel your blocks category. So, again, he feels pretty safe with upside to probably be top 70 if if everything sort of falls into place. Um, you're happy with him here? Do you, do you feel like he fell a little bit or this is where he's going? Yeah, I think it was another guy that fell. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of perplexed at his ADP. You know, I don't think he has that top 35 upside that we saw a few seasons ago. And there is some injury risk that, that bakes into that. But, I mean, here's a guy, if he's healthy – Denver lost some depth this offseason in Jeff Green and uh, uh, Bruce Brown. I think he's going to – if he's healthy, he's going to be out there a lot. And he just has a nice game. And he's going to, you know, give you points, threes. He's going to – he's an underrated rebounder. Um, kind of hard to, to grab a ton of rebounds when, when the Joker is out there. But uh, he has rebounded the ball well in the past. So, um, again, like like you said, I agree, top 70 upside. I don't think we're going to see him flirt if he's healthy all season with, like, top 30 numbers. But to get him at 103, just I think there's room for him to grow there. Um, and looking at my team, you know, outside of like Durant or Tatum, I'm kind of lacking, you know, especially Matthias Jones is one of my guards, three-point game. So but just trying to get a guy that can provide solid value in the three-point category as well. I like your next two picks. So Jeremy Sohan, you took at 114. Now, this was before the – I guess, official news that he's going to be starting at point guard for the Spurs. So, so I mean, you're even happier with this pick now. Um, he's someone that I'm pretty – I've grabbed him in, I think, three consecutive drafts that I've done in the last week um, outside the top 100. We don't know how this could end. It could go one of two ways. But I, I spoke with Alex about this as well. He's in a really good situation in that the Spurs can put him at the, the point guard spot. And if it's not working after a week, they don't have to change anything. They, they they don't want to win games. So they can experiment with this for the whole season, even if it's not working. Um, he, he's, he's a good defender. He'll get rebounds. His free throws don't kill you. We had a look at his free throw samples in the final three months from last year when he went one-handed. And he was around 76 77%. Uh, on average, over the final three months of the season. So that's not going to kill you. Um, so I, I love this pick at 114, um, just just for the upside and the opportunity that he's getting. Uh, and then Mike Conley, one of my favourite late-round picks this season, to get a guy that will give you 14 points, two threes, 1.2 steals, six and a half assists, um, good from the free-throw line, to get him outside the top 120, uh, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with both of both of those those guys. What do you think? Just a question. What do you think now that Jeremy Sohan he's been announced the, the starting point guard? Where would you draft him now? 
Well, still in this range, I think if you can get him, um, his ADP is like 130-something, I think. Um, chances are, with this news, he's going to go up. So his ADP mm-hmm. this weekend will not be 130. It'll probably be no. maybe 100. Um, so I think the later you can get him, how high would I go for him? Oh, I'd probably go... Oh, look, I'd probably... any. Any time after the pick 100, I think I'd be comfortable taking him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I said, Conley, very safe. Rob Williams at 138, that could be amazing value. Um, he, he doesn't need to play big minutes to, to put up value. If he can play 24 minutes a night and be healthy, then he, he top 60 top 70 um, because he's he's an elite shot blocker. He'll get you close to a steal as well. He, he's just really good on that end of the floor. He's efficient. Um, he's a hustle guy, so he gets a lot of lobs, a lot of fast break points. Uh, I mean, to me at 138, this is potentially could be the best pick of your draft just in terms of upside. Um, w- was there any doubting or any any sort of second thoughts when you took him at this spot? No. And and I think another guy that I've been perplexed with um, since the Drew Holiday trade was was him um, is I feel like the consensus on him was people were kind of like, ah, oh, you know, he's not in Boston anymore. DeAndre Ayton's there. He's going to come off the bench and, you know, a decrease in value. I mean, what has really changed from being in Boston? I mean, it's really the same kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. You alluded to it. It's 100% correct. He does not need a ton of minutes to produce value. Um, I mean, I know Aiton is, is working on his three-point game, so he's working on spacing the floor a little bit better. But, I mean, they could even put out a lineup with, with both of them on the floor together and just let Williams roam around and, and wreak havoc on defense. So I think there's a ton of ways you can play him. He's, he's versatile as a big man. Uh, I'm stoked to have him 138. Uh, and then you took Trey Murphy with your last pick, which uh, I probably would have taken him um, if he was available because you you just move him to your, your IR spot and grab someone off waivers, which I'm sure you've done already. Um, or, or you, <laughs> Thank or you, you for reminding me. I forgot. Okay. Go and do that. Um, I've done it with my, with my team. Um, because when he comes back and he's healthy, he could be top 80 easily. So. Yeah. I think anyone in any draft, if Trey Murphy is available in your last round, just take him. Even if he doesn't fit your build, just take him because he could be someone when he comes back that that looks really good and you can trade him and get a top 70 player back who fits your team. So, um, Yeah, I love Trey Murphy. I just wrote up Trey Murphy for an article recently. I, like He is a guy who's one healthy. Like, and I know like, you know, he's, he's some of his numbers were, you know, when Ingram was hurt and Zion was hurt, but yeah. Like he is a player, man. He can, you know, I love his yeah. game. He's very gonna be very fantasy friendly. So I love him in late in drafts like this. And I think a lot of people think of him as just this guy that's gonna shoot threes, but that's not the case. He's very good at attacking the rim, efficient. Um, so he's he's he can score from multiple positions on the floor. He's a good defender, he's not as good as Herb Jones yet, but he's certainly above average in terms of wing defense. So they can have him on the floor for, for those that would argue and say, no, you need Herb Jones, you need his defence out there. I, I'd probably say, no, look, I think Trey can get the job done. Um, so, no, I, I love him as a last-round pick. 
Uh, let's quickly look at my team then. Um, as I said, very different to Dan's team. where We're not competing in any categories. Uh, I was at pick 11. I mean, starting at the top, Steph falling to pick 11. I, I haven't seen that everywhere, anywhere. I When coming into the draft at pick 11, I basically had my eye on LaMelo Ball. I was hoping he would fall to me at pick 11 because I love him this season. But I just couldn't pass on Steph at pick 11. Um, I probably thought about it for about three seconds and then just went, look, I have to take Steph here. Is this late for, like, you guys have seen a few drafts. Is this late for him? Yeah, big time. Very late. Yeah. Yeah. It's way too late. It's it's one of those things where people like to get cute with picks and I don't, we don't have the whole board up in front of us, but, like, I think someone took like um like Mikhail Bridges or something like an eight or nine. Like uh, I'm yeah, trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely some people who got cute, maybe with Anthony Edwards even going their head. And so it was just like when he came to you, I think that's an obvious pick. I mean, and then you get to pair him with Trey coming around. Like that's that's silly. Yeah, yeah. Your I'm first three first the... three guards are silly. It's like. Uh, so yeah, I'm just pulling up the the draft now. So yeah, Sabonis went at nine. Anthony oh, wow. Edwards went at eight. Uh, Bridges went at ten. We have oh. some. We have some. Wow. I'll just say we have some new people in the league this year. Some some rookie writers. I don't know if that's yes. no offense to any of them if they're listening, but like I think they were a little bit just trying to be get over, get cuter. I don't know if they're over their heads or what. Yeah, it was as I said. I, I was very surprised that he fell to me. Um, and it basically changed because I, I thought coming into the draft it's going to be a pick 11, it might be tough to not punt points or be overly strong in points. But getting Curry first, I just that, – and that's why I went with Trey Young with my second pick because it's probably a fraction high. But going with that build, I decided pretty early that I want to be strong in points, threes and assists early in drafts because points and assists – become harder to get the further you get in. So I just went with with Trey, and and that's why I went with Van Fred Van Fleet at, at pick 35 because he'll get me assists and steals. Um, that's a trap that I fall into. I have fallen into a couple of times when I go with these guard-heavy lineups is I come up short in the steals category. So I get like Steph, Trey early, but they're not elite in steals at all. So uh, that's why I went with Van Fleet. There, um, I love that FPV pick at, at like end of the third round. That was great value. I think he's gonna be just fine in Houston. That's late for yeah. him. Yeah, look, I've taken him. Uh, I've probably taken him in the early twenties in some drafts. I think if, if he's yeah. fitting my build and what I need. Um, so to get him at thirty-five, I was I was really happy. I went with. We even talked about, uh, you know, Nick Nurse used to play Raptors guys heavy, heavy minutes. And I know yeah. I've heard a couple of people be like, oh, you know, Fred Van Fleet in Houston. Well, Ime Udoka did the same thing in Boston. So uh, I, I would be believing Fred Van Fleet is locked and loaded for hefty minutes. I don't think anything should change on that. No, I don't think so. And, and I'm okay with him not playing 38 or 37 because he often gets injured because of that. So even if he's playing 34, yeah, if, if that means he plays an extra five games, I'd take that any day of the week. Um, I went with Paul Zingas at 38. Because this is a two-centre league, uh, that was part of the reason. I just needed to fill my centre spot. And he, if you look at the build that I'm going for here, 
he's a pretty good fit because he mm-hmm. he's good from the free throw line. He hits threes. Um, he's going to get 18 points, 17 points a game. So he's not going to be a, a over 20 points, but um, he's just the, the guys that are available in this area, like Walker Kessler, um, Nick Claxton, they just don't fit what I need mm. uh, here. So that's why I went with Porzingis. But I'm curious to get your thoughts on Porzingis this season because I think I'm a bit higher on him than than some. Um, people have obviously bumped him down now that he's in, in Boston, but but I'm still relatively high. What, what do you think he's going to do this season? I think it'll be great. And I actually tweeted right before the podcast. I felt like I was a little lower on him compared to the consensus this offseason. But after seeing how he's played in preseason and how he's fit with this lineup and with Rob Williams going to Portland and Al Horford is old and he'll play, you know, every other game and sit out back to backs and stuff. I'm, I'm moving Porzingis up my ranks. I mean, I believe I had him at 44 as of yesterday um, and I would even move him up into the high thirties. So I think 38 is fine and he's fully healthy. The report came out that he's, you know, no injury, nothing's lagging or, or hold him down in that regard. So um, I, I like that pick. I think, listen, this is a great spot for him. For me, it's all about health. If he stays healthy, yeah. he's going to smash. He, 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 for a long time, everyone wanted him to be the guy. He's, he's, not, he's not really the guy, but he's a great second or third piece. Like I think the fact that they already have a, an alpha with Jason Tatum, and now they have a veteran, Drew Holiday, who can come in and, and you know take over games and, and be a league guard. Like he's if he's your third or fourth option, like that's that's awesome. He's going to be so so comfortable in that role, and he's going to be you know he's a very fantasy friendly player. He's a great fit for a guard team like you're building there. So, yeah. um, I like what you did there. Yep, he's taken uh, a little bit less threes in the preseason. I saw. I think he's like four hmm. and a half a game last season. He shot I think it was five point seven threes a game, uh, but every one of his three point attempts are wide open. I've hmm. watched like a couple Celtic games, and just I mean no one's within ten feet of him. So, I mean, it probably won't be like that in the regular season, but his looks are going to be great. So it's, it's encouraging. Oh, they are. That's right. And there's so much on the so much offensive talent on the floor with him now that defences can't focus in on him at all. Uh, so he should get some good looks. With my next two picks, I went with uh, to try and shore up, as I said, that steals category um, because that is – I'm conscious that that is somewhere that I've fallen down in the past – so I went with Jalen Williams and, and Devin Vassell almost back-to-back. Um, also looking to fill the forward spot. Uh, so both of these guys have forward eligibility, um, which is they're basically guards who can serve as forwards, uh, who could get 1.3, 1.5 assists, um, uh, sorry, steals, as well as four, four assists. They've both shown a bit of upside on that end of the court. Um, they'll be 16 to 18 points. They'll hit some threes. Good from the free throw line. So they, again, they fit my build. It's Jalen Williams and and Devin Vassell at this range is maybe a reach, but but I'm pretty high on Devin Vassell this season. I think he can be top 50. Burns so loves I, him. Burns I'm, loves Vassell. Good, very good. Because I, I yeah I love him. I think I've got him. I'd have him in almost every team that I've got. I think it'd have to be close and. Um, Jalen Williams, I don't have him in as many spots. I try to get either him. If I'm doing this build, I try to get either Jalen Williams or OG Ananobi. Um, mm-hmm. They both sort of fit this role. Is this a reach? I mean, obviously, you probably don't think it is for, for Devin Vassell, um, but for Jalen Williams, 
am I reaching here or, or this is about right? No, I will, I'll say, and I'll jump in and say, not at all. It's not a reach at all. Jalen Williams can ball. That guy is, you know, we just saw glimpses of it last year, and, and he doesn't need to, the ball in his hands as much. Um, you know, he's fine being their third or fourth option. Uh, he's a steals machine. He's in great shape. Like, if you saw any of the, him coming into camp, like, he put on another 10, 15 pounds of muscle. Like, he is an awesome just, like, glue guy for them, and he's just going to pile up stats. He might not be a huge point scorer, like, he may only be, like, a 14, 15-point guy, but, like, he's going to put up stats across the board. I love Jalen Williams this year. My only thing I'll say, I agree, I love Jalen Williams, and I don't think 59 is is that much of a reach. Um, my only concern is, like I alluded to earlier, is with Chet entering the mix, it's like mm. I think Jalen is the first guy that's going to lose some type of usage on offense. Yeah, I know sure. what you said, Dan, is correct, is that he doesn't need to score a ton of points to – provide you value but steals are such a high variable stat it's like i think down the stretch or the second half of the season he averaged i think it was like 1.6 or 1.8 steals a game if that goes down to 1.4 or you know 1.3 which is still great it hurts him a little bit if he's not putting up as much you know counting stats so that's like the only thing i question mark i have about him i mean other than that i think he's a great player um but I, don't, I wouldn't say 59 is a reach. I mean, I've seen people in mocks take him like in the 40s. Um, that's a reach, in my opinion. Yeah. Very much like your Josh Giddy pick, I think this is relatively safe. I don't think there's a path yeah. to him being top 30 or anything, but I don't. I think he does enough across the board to to maintain value here no matter what. Um, and But as you said, he, he could be a – 15-point scorer, something like that. So I did need to shore up points a little bit, which is why I went with Anthony Simons at 83. Um, he'll get some assists as well. What uh, The the whole Portland backcourt is, is a little bit of an unknown at the moment because it's relatively new. Um, what are your thoughts on him this, this season? Is he? Do you think they view him as their future or is it shade and sharp and they're just going to give Simon's minutes to build up some potential trade value in the future? It's a good question. I, I really don't know what to make of it. I, I obviously think Scoot is going to be handling the ball. You know, Malcolm Brogdon is going to factor in a little bit there. Um, Jeremy Grant, for whatever reason, is still around on this team. I have no clue what he's doing with the massive contract that he has uh, on the roster. But I, I do think Anthony – I know Anthony Simons is one of the best off-ball shooters – in the league from three-point land. So I think as long as Scoot and Malcolm Brogdon are handling the rock and kind of facilitating the offense, I think Anthony Simons can get some really good looks. And I think, like you just said, like you need points. You got it, Anthony Simons. At 83, that's a fantastic pick. Yeah, my only complaint with him, and I'm, you know, he fits this build fine, but it's just that he's a little, he's a little hollow in terms of just being mm. points and threes. Doesn't do a whole lot else. Doesn't do a lot of defensively. Yeah. But you know, it's it's late. You're in the 80s, so like you can afford to go after some specialists. Um, but I think he is better, like like Alex said, better playing off the ball. Um, and we'll see what direction. We'll see how things flush out in Portland. Who knows what happens there? But you know, you're not taking a huge risk there that late, anyways. Adam, you might have the greatest fantasy free throw shooting team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Yeah, that's what that's when I mean when you go for a build like this and you're avoiding those high shot blocker centers that kill your free throw percentage, 
you tend to walk away with with a, a team that will shoot at least 80% across the board, which usually will get you the win most weeks um, in that category. Uh, as you said with Anthony Simons, he is a little bit hollow, points and threes, maybe some assists, but that, that's why I paired him with my next pick of Marcus Smart because he's almost the opposite in yeah. terms of this build. He's assists and steals, not a lot of points, still some threes uh, and free throws, but but he'll get me those those stats that Anthony Simons won't. Um, so I'm, I'm happy. I'm getting Marcus Smart in a lot of drafts this season as well because I think at least for the first third of the season with Jarmoran out, he could be top 60, top 50 um, just because they need him to do more. Um, then I got my second centre, uh, so I, I needed to fill this. I didn't want to be waiting to the last round, which I did grab a centre in the last round, but that was more just pure upside. Zach Collins fits this build reasonably well. Uh, again, good from the free throw line. He'll get me maybe a three a night. Um, he can pass a little bit like a Jakob Pertl. They could run the offense through him a little bit, uh, especially if they've got Sohan at the point guard who isn't a true point guard yet. They might want to run the offense through Collins, and we saw that in, in last night's preseason game. Uh, he, they had mm-hmm. a couple of handoffs at the post and he was able to find cutters, that sort of thing. So fits my build. What what are you guys thinking for Zach Collins? Because obviously Wembenyama coming in, he's drawn all that attention away from Zach Collins, but he was really good last year uh, down the stretch and, and I think he can still have a top 100 season. Oh, yeah. I think he has the upside for, for – this is going to sound crazy, but upside for top 80 – um, I, I think he's he's an underrated passer, like you just said. He averaged 3.9 assists last season as a starter. That's exactly the same number that Alperin Sangoon averaged last season, which people swoon over his playmaking and, and assists for a big man. Uh, you kind of get that. It's like a Zach Collins is kind of like a, a Sangoon light, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and you can get with him threes. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with threes, and you can get him like what 50, you know, 40, 50 spots, you know, higher. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Zach Collins this year. I do think Wemby changes the dynamic of this team. Um, so I don't think we should expect like last season starter numbers this season, but he has upside and he's going to have, I mean, who's behind him in the pecking order? They have Charles Bassey, um, Dominic Barlow, um, young guys who might see some time, but I think, I think Zach Collins is only 25 years old, which is shocking to think about. Right. And he can space the floor on like those other guys, those other big guys that they have are, are more post post players. And I think they, they probably like the fact that he can play in the, out of the high post. He can spot mm-hmm. up behind the three. We saw him hit a three last night. Um, they, they're going to want to create space uh, for, for Wemby to operate, you know, and, and, and kind of let him play like Giannis eventually down the stretch, you know. So I think he fits really nicely. And he's in that hundred season, easy, easy pick, great pick. Uh, then I just went for just points. Um, let's try and get some points late. Boyan Bogdanovic, I don't even know where he's going to be come the end of the season, but he, he can score 16 a game in his sleep. So yeah, I, I just I grabbed him here. Um, he's the guy I've put in my IR spot <laughs> because because he's injured and I think I picked up Quinton Grimes or, or something. So um, purely, this is probably a little bit high, but just if, if you can get anyone that's going to score close to 20 points a game outside the, the top 100, that's why I went this way. Exactly the same with the next pick, Kobe White, uh, who looks as though he's going to start for the Bulls this season. Um, 
can score. We know he can score. He'll hit some threes. If he's starting at point guard, he's he's going to get some assists. He's not going to be a high assist player, but he could get three or four a game, mm-hmm. um, and they all add up when you look across my whole team. Um, and steals. He's just kind of sneaky steals guy too. Like, yep. Okay. Yep. yep. So so Burns, happy to get him here. I know Burns loves him, right? Burns, aren't you a huge Kobe White guy? I was, and, and it's funny, in the offseason, I was in a mock draft with a couple buddies of mine, and I took him with my last pick, and I was, like, ridiculed for it. And I was like, I, I just think he's going to start this season. And I had somebody tell me Javon Carter's going to start and, and all this stuff, which, again, at the time, you know, who knows? Javon Carter, great defender, you know, great point of attack, point guard to have. But Kobe White's shown it in the preseason, man. Um, it's It's been fun to watch. and. He's, he ended the season last year really good too. He was he was like a top mm. was it like seventy five guy um, yeah. like the final two months or something. He was he was good. Yeah, no, look, I'm happy to get him here and and a little bit like a, like a Jeremy Sohan. We we know he's going to start now, so I'd be okay taking him a bit higher than this. Uh, I went with Herb Jones next again, just just trying to get those steals. I know that's all he's going to give me is steals and some threes. But I, I just figure while Trey Murphy's out, he's going to probably play significant minutes. Um, at this point in the draft, 134, I can just have him in my lineup for two months. And then if Trey Murphy comes back and he scales back to 26 minutes a night, I can drop him and grab someone else um, here. And then, as I said, with that last pick, purely just getting a third centre. So I've got a, another option Um somewhat fits my build in terms of steals and free throws. So he, he's a, another guy that's not going to kill my free throw percentage. Uh, and, and he's just good on the defensive end. So he, he could get close to a steal again, 0.8 steals from the centre spot. Um, and if he can play 24 minutes, then I, then I think he smashes this in terms of value. Easily. You, you guys okay with Paul Reed here? Like, are you thinking he's someone that needs to be drafted this season? Go ahead, yeah. yeah. I think Paul Reed is, if you talk like my last pick of the draft, I'm always shooting for upside, you know, like somebody that could just blow their ADP out of the water. Uh, Paul Reed is the number one choice for a last pick in my opinion. I listened, I don't know if you guys heard Tyrese Max. He was on JJ Reddick's podcast, but he was talking about how, Nick Nurse has, has been encouraging him all summer, like shoot the three ball, like shoot the th- like work on your three point game, and I want you to take like three, you know, per game. Which I don't know if that's that's going to happen, but this guy, if if Embiid has to miss time, Mo Bamba right now is like the only other big yeah. guy on the roster. Don't think they really believe in him too much. Um, Paul Reed could could literally be a, a league winner, and honestly, like with PJ Tucker just being a complete zero on offense, like how long does it take until they just say, hey, you know, let's try? Nick Nurse likes to get fancy with lineups. Like, we're gonna just try like Paul Reed and Bead in the front court it, together. Yeah, they talked about doing that. I mean, yeah. Listen, this guy played ten or eleven minutes last year and, and averaged like 0.7 steals, 0.7 blocks a game. Like, if you give him twenty minutes and you're talking about a guy that could push up over, you know, one steal, one one point two, one point three steals and blocks each. Like, he's an awesome stat stuffer. I love his game. Small ball, Paul. Like, he's a DFS specialty for all for all DFS guys. Um, I hope he gets a shot at, at legit rotation minutes because he works his butt off. He deserves it. He's like a scrappy hustle player. Like I love his game. 
Yeah, look, I hope he does. He's a little bit like a Robert Covington, but without the three-pointers. Um, yeah. Just yeah. just those across the board, some rebounds. Um, but, yeah, maybe he can get up to a three-pointer a game if, if they're encouraging him to do it. And I mean, it's one thing coming from the coach, but it needs to be coming from his teammates as well because mm-hmm. if, if he's on the court and shooting these threes that they don't agree with, then they just won't pass him the ball. So, yeah, um, yeah look, that's what I'm hoping for here. Um, and, and And then if it gets to... Come, if he comes out and he's he's playing 24 minutes a night and he's putting up top 70 value, much like a, a few of the guys on, on your teams, I trade him and I get someone that fits my team a bit better. So, um, yeah, look, that, that's our teams. Hopefully that provides some some insight for, for those that are listening. Um, before I let both of you go, do you want to just let people know what, what Roto Baller has coming up over the next week in the lead up to the season then once the season proper starts? Sure. I mean, we're we're um, you know still rolling out some more pre- some uh, draft content. We have our uh, NBA draft kit is live. Um, we have you can get our NBA draft kit and our NBA DFS package all with what well, kind of one low price. Um, we're bringing in a pretty big name for NBA DFS this year. Going to be announced probably tomorrow. Um, and uh, Alex is going to do a start a new column this year every week. Um, Alex, what's your column going to be called again? Love or hate? Working on the title, to be honest, I was thinking about it today. But basically, what it'll it'll be is I'm going to cover you know each week on Monday morning, and it'll just cover the fantasy basketball landscape. A couple things I love, a couple trends I don't like too much with you know specific players and rotations and minutes and all that fun stuff. So it really will encapsulate kind of week by week what we're seeing in the fantasy basketball world. Yep. So plenty coming out, um, and and obviously well, much like your, your Roto Wire and, and Roto World as well. Um, you have uh, really good player blurbs rolling out every yeah. day. Um, yep. so that, player news. I think play, player news, player blurbs are probably key to any fantasy manager that wants to succeed is having a, a reliable source of player news um, that's efficient and, and breaks things down from a fantasy perspective. So um, make sure you go and check that out as well. Uh, that will do it for today's show. Thanks to both of you for jumping on. Um, I'll, probably look to have you on at some point during the season as we get guests and, and that sort of thing. But uh, always nice to have people on to, to take some of the pressure off of me and do some, some of the talking. Um, remember, you can check out all of our content at fbibasketball.com. Uh, follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. We'd love it if you give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our new YouTube channel. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.